Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. And welcome to part two of the podcast. We're going to pick up here where we left off yesterday. If you'd like to become a patron and get all of our episodes in full on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Support at any level there. We have levels that start at just $5 a month. We'll get you all of our full episodes without this pitch to the patrons on Sunday night in full. Remember, you can also go to offendedpodcast.com. You can go there, buy some merch. That'll give you something cool, and it'll also give us a little something to keep the lights on over here at You Have Offended This Podcast main headquarters. Check us out on our social media. At Twitter, we are at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, you can just search You Have Offended This Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can interact with us there. We'll answer your questions. You can give us movies that you'd like to see, favorite scenes, favorite actors, actresses, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. So check those things out. Please become a patron. If you can't do that, give us a rating. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts. That's a huge help. Or at the very least, if you could just tell a few friends about us, that would be awesome too. Thanks very much and enjoy part two of the podcast. Let's all put our hands on our hips and laugh as we lean back. Like... Everybody, everybody is treating him so poorly. And I think that it's great. Like, the longer it goes on, the more fucking shit that this guy eats. Like, you're just brokenhearted for him. And yeah. you can tell he's a good guy because he keeps doing good things, right? Yes. He goes yeah. in. He's he's being nice to Adrian, right? He's, you know, writing her jokes. And he's trying to trying to make a connection with her. And she's just completely untrusting her guard is completely up yeah and uh you know like it's it's just amazing and of course like burgess meredith burgess meredith's performance in this film is unbelievably good it's so good that's i mean he he was nominated for best supporting actor he didn't win jason robar's one for uh all the president's men but uh jason fucking robards jason robards won for all the president's men. but yeah Burgess Meredith in this is, I mean, you think of Burgess Meredith, you think of two things. You think of the Penguin, and you think of this. If you're old and enough, Mickey, you think of yeah. the Penguin. If you're anything else, he's fucking Mickey. Like, he well, is Well, the thing Mickey. is, like, he's 69 in this film, and then when they came out with Creed, uh, Stallone was 69. I looked that up today, because I oh, was that's like, cool. yeah, I, I didn't know that. Rewatch all. Yeah, I, I, it made me want to watch all of them again. Yeah. And where we were talking about Pat Morita's age in The Karate Kid and now in Cobra Kai, Daniel's actually older than Mr. Miyagi was in the yeah. first film. So I was he like, I wonder 60, what the end. I think, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah, so Rock leaves the gym here after getting the, the what for from Mickey about the locker and you suck and it's dippers now, so go fuck yourself. He stops in. It's, it's, it's so nice when you see him. You said before that you know you can tell that rocky is a good guy and he stops in here to talk to adrian on the way home it's nighttime he's going back now and he stops in to chat with her and try and make her laugh or whatever he talks to butkus which is stallone's actual dog by the way yeah the one that he the one that he sold had to sell back he bought back butkus afterwards but he comes in here and he is using i shouldn't say using he is trying to 
feel better about himself and about life in general by talking to Adrian because she makes his life better. So she, she is his little sort of source of light where his life doesn't suck. And he, you can tell he's using that to be like, okay, I'm going to get through the rest of my day. But then I get to see Adrian for a minute. And even if she's completely walled off and, you know, she gives him a little bit of, of like a smile here and there, but like under a, a, a downed head and sort of side-eyeing him, she still smiles. And even in this scene when he says, All right, listen, I'm going to go now, okay? Just, I'll see you later, all right? I know you guys get up. I know you had a hard day in the cage. Right? So uh, I'm going to go home, make up a joke. I'm going to tell you a new joke tomorrow, okay? Good night, Adrian. Good night, Rodney. You know, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to write a joke. And then tomorrow morning I'm going to come and I'm going to tell you the joke and try and make you laugh, okay? And she kind of doesn't respond until he says, okay, bye, Adrian. And she says, okay, bye, Rocky. Yeah, she's like, good like, night, Rocky. Good like, night, that's Rocky. really, like, like, she speaks. And I found the scene so great watching because, like, when he's speaking to her, she's not making eye contact. No. Right? And yeah. then, like, later when Rocky goes to speak with the promoter, Rocky's not making eye contact. He's looking yes. he's he's looking down. Like there's so many parallels between these two people that you have two really good people in the middle of fucking hell. Like this this movie's maybe not hell, but it's fucking purgatory. Yeah, it's not good. You know, it's it's not good in any way. You know, everywhere he goes, he you know, like you said earlier, he leaves Adrian here, he goes picks up the drunk guy off the sidewalk and brings him into the bar where at least he's got somebody watching him in case he dies. Yeah. You know, the, the people in the bar, Hey, watch you have a fight. Yeah. Did you win? Yeah, I did. All right. You should have been there. Like come and watch my fights. Like, you know, pay attention yeah, to me a yeah. little bit. You know, he's yeah, I did real good. Attention. Yeah. I did real good. Yeah. You should have been there. And then we get the introduction of Paulie here. Uh, Paulie's Adrian's fucking brother, awesome, man. Paulie. He's so fucking good. I'll tell you, man, Burt Young does a tremendous job as Paulie. Like, he's just such a piece of shit. You know, he's trying to get by in life. And he has a really good scene later where you can see how insecure he is through the facade of bravado that he tries to put on for himself. Well, that's the thing. Like, Paulie's, Paulie's basically playing the act, too. Like, Paulie, like, people are calling Paulie a bum, and he's just, like, throughout you know, all the films, he's like, yeah, I'll break your fucking face. Like he's, he's ready to fight at any time. Yeah. And you know, there's a picture of him and I think he's in a Navy uniform Yeah, in there. So Paulie's probably seen some shit too, right? Yeah. It's uh and he's, he's a fucking raging alcoholic. Yeah. And he takes out his insecurities on his sister and basically beats her down. Like, yeah, everybody in this film is fucking worn down to a nub, man. Yeah. It's hard to watch sometimes cause he's such a dick to her. But, again, it's all self-preservation to try and keep himself feeling better about himself so he puts her down. Yeah. Because everybody else shits all over him, you know? Yeah. So, Burt Young was a boxer uh, in, the, in the Marine Corps. He, he went 32-2 and two in the Marine Corps, and then he went 17-0 and 0 as a pro boxer when he was young. Really? He was managed by fucking Customato. Really? For that, real. I did I did not know that. Yeah. That is a really for real awesome bit of information. Uh I didn't I didn't have any idea. No, I had no idea about that. When Stallone wrote 
um, he initially had two guys come in like stuntmen to work out the choreography for the fight between him and Apollo at the end. And they ended up having, it didn't look right. They could, it looked too balletic and screwed up. It didn't look right. So those two guys left with creative differences and Stallone went home and literally wrote out the choreography for the fight with him and Apollo and showed it to Burt Young and be like, Hey man, does this look right? And they went through it. Burt Young gave him some tips about what to, how to move, how to go here, there, whatever. And they worked it out and it looks fucking fantastic. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. And he does a great job as Paulie, man. They initially wanted <laughs> still Stallone initially wanted Harvey Keitel to play Paulie stunt cast that in your brain for a Ooh, minute. <laughs> Jesus. Right. He would have been coming at a taxi driver around this. Yeah, around man. This time. Like, Actually, this was the same yeah, year. Jesus, seventy-seven Oscars. I think that would be daughter. a more fucking frightening Paulie. Like I gotta Ooh. tell you, like, yeah, that, Jesus, that would have been a more dangerous Paulie. I think, <laughs> I, I think it might have been. I think it might have been a little too much because I think he would have done such a fucking crazy job. I might not have the empathy for him. So, yeah, he might have been a little too insane, and but and too violent. Or anyway, whatever. that's just me talking at my ass. I just I I I love Paulie. I love him the way he is. So I don't want to see nobody else in there. <laughs> no, me neither. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him. I wouldn't change Paulie. I'd leave it as Burt Young. I think he's the shit. And we get the little scene here where Stallone's walking home, and he finds uh, I forget the girl's name, but the girl uh, Marie Marie, yeah, out there. That's Jody Letizia out there with the boys, and he gives her the gives her the talking to. Uh, and it's actually listen, man. He gives her good advice. Because he's talk, I mean, oh. he's a little rough with her with respect to people are gonna call you a whore. <laughs> but he says, "I yeah, got to use yeah. a bad word now, whore." People are gonna call you a whore, like. But he says, like, you hang around with, I think he calls them coconuts. You hang around with coconuts, you're gonna be a coconut. You hang around with smart people, you're gonna yeah. be a smart person. Like, that shit's true. Like, you you become who you surround yourself with. And and he knows this because he is now acting and living like a bum and it's just it's really good advice that he probably knows is the truth but he's not practicing it himself in the way that he should yeah and he doesn't want to see her go down that road as well he wants her to make herself make something of herself you know before it becomes too late because he knows what the neighborhood's like he knows if you stay there everything just turns to dog shit but she doesn't listen to him either because at the end here she gives him the what for here yeah her, her line in the script was supposed to be i think it's fuck off creepo or something like that but she says screw you creepo yeah screw you screw creepo you, creepo and he's like creepo all right well whatever creepo. God yeah. damn it. All right. yeah. he's like yeah what do i know giving advice like he, yeah. he actually is walking away and he just kind of mumbles under his breath you know what do i know giving advice Jeez. yeah i guess so. you got a point there i am kind of a creepo giving advice breaking dude's yeah. thumbs for nothing <laughs> although he doesn't but yeah, it's 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 good, man. I'll tell you this this film is wicked. This by way of the AFI again, the uh, American Film Institute. This is number two greatest all time sports films. Oh God, yeah, number well, two, only behind Raging Bull. What's oh another boxing movie? Yeah, so. Raging Bull's number one, and then Pride of the Yankees, Hoosiers, and Bull Durham round out the top five on that. So yeah, good films, all good films, excellent. all. And uh, yeah, he leaves here, and then we get a cut here to the introduction of Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. And we get the nice shot of uh, Tony Burton here as Duke, his trainer. Yeah, this is actually great. Like, I this 
Carl Weathers is absolutely amazing in this film. Like, really, really, really good the way that he portrays himself. He's smart. He's efficient. He's, you know, dressed in his flashy suits. He's he's a businessman. He knows exactly how to, you know, make money and put on big shows and get everybody behind him. Like, it's really great. And essentially, in this scene, Jensen is telling them that they don't have a fighter for his... Uh, Philadelphia fight. Yeah, the opponent that he was supposed to fight for the Bicentennial fractured his hand and now is out. So they now are like, Apollo's like, you better find me somebody else to fight because we got this big-ass fight. People are expecting it. You need to find me somebody. And he is the one who eventually pitches, no, no, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pick somebody out of obscurity and let them fight me for the heavyweight title, which is in no way how the fucking heavyweight title works. But in the movie, we're going to pick somebody from obscurity, give them a shot, and let them fight me. American Dream, holy crap, this is the greatest thing ever. And the guys love it. They eat that shit up. Yeah. As they should. That's what's great. I mean, even Duke's got the big smile on his face, and he's like, Apollo, it's very American. He goes, no, Jergens, It's very, very smart. smart. <laughs> like, it's... It's really cool, man. Like it's cool, and they almost they almost do an evil laugh. They, they almost uh, do when they're shaking hand. They almost they almost do an evil laugh, but you know it's it's fine. But essentially, they're they're basically trying to make money on the fight, and they're they they figure they can sell this concept to the American people, and everybody will look at it as a standpoint of like, yeah, anybody can make it, even though they don't believe it. Like that's the thing that's great about this. They're like. Anybody can make it in America. You know, the American dream, you just have to believe and you just have to do it. And all these people living in squalor that are completely destitute, they don't fucking yeah. believe that. Yeah. Right? So it's it's this it's kind of like this class system where like these guys are like, Yeah, the American dream, that thing that we sold everybody. <laughs> you know, and they're just like, ha 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 ha. But I, I it's it's a great it's setup. It's fucking great, dude. Apparently when Carl Weathers went into audition, he was uh, boxing with Stallone and clipped him and caught him on the chin with a punch. And Stallone was like, hey, man, like, ease up a little bit. We're just we're just sparring here. We're just practicing. And Carl Weathers said, well, maybe I'd do better if I had the actual person in here or like a real actor, not a stand in. Oh, and the, the, the director who was there was like, that's uh, that's not only the star of the movie, him, that guy. He's also the writer of the movie. And Carl Weathers said, huh, well. Maybe he'll get better. And Stallone fucking hired him on the spot because he loved the fact that this dude was cocky and was gonna, was underestimating his opponent even at that that's, stage. That's awesome. He hired like, him to, right For there. him to set his ego aside where, yeah. like, you know, he could have pulled the, I'm the fucking writer, uh, get the fuck out. Like, that's pretty amazing. It is pretty cool, especially when you think about, they were thinking about putting in Ken Norton as Apollo Creed, like actual heavyweight fighter well, Ken Norton. But he was way too fucking big. Yeah, well, Ken Norton. Ken Norton. Stallone. Ken Norton actually speaks like Apollo Creed. Like that's the thing. Like I didn't know that, but like I remember they were talking about. Yes. They interviewed him, and they were like, "Muhammad Ali says, you know, this and that about you." And Ken Norton goes, "Muhammad Ali says, say whatever he wants. It's a free country." <laughs> like, you know, like he's, you know, like he's like I don't give a fuck. Yeah, so you don't give a fuck. Say whatever he wants. Free country. Man. Uh, so, but you know, Carl Weathers obviously is going to be a better actor than Ken Norton. 
uh, Ken Norton, obviously the better boxer, but I, I, I think Carl Weathers did an amazing job as Apollo Creed in this and really believable. And he's such yeah. a shrewd businessman. Like you don't see Apollo Creed training. Like you see Apollo Creed having business meetings and asking Shirley for coffee and, you know, yeah. all these things. And Rocky's yep. just, you know, like going through life eating shit. This is the only Rocky movie where you don't see the opponent training. Like out of all the sequels, this oh, is yeah, the only yeah. one where the opponent is never shown training. They also were looking at Roger E. Mosley. Do you remember Roger E. Mosley? No. He played he played TC on Magnum PI back in the day. Oh, TC. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Helicopter pilot. They were looking at him for Apollo as well, but he ended up leaving with creative differences about what they wanted Apollo to do, and then they went with uh they went with with Carl Weathers, which, you know, well, obviously. I can't picture anybody as Apollo other than Carl Weathers now cuz he's so goddamn good in it. Yeah, it's iconic, right? It's it's it absolutely really is, iconic. Man. It really is. It's like Mark Hamill and fucking Luke Skywalker. You know, it's 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 that. Yeah, like who are you gonna put there? Come on, Eric Stoltz. Nothing against <laughs> Eric Stoltz. That was a, that was a Back to the Future joke, but <laughs> I, was, yeah. I realized how shitty I said it. Sorry, Eric Stoltz. I know you're listening. So, <laughs> so he's uh, in Richardson, Texas. Richardson, Texas. <laughs> Thank you, Richardson. You guys rule and girls. So Paulie and uh, Paulie brings Rocky home here to the apartment. We have there's a little scene there with Gazzo and and uh, the driver being super fucking rude to Adrian. Where I wanted Rocky to beat the fuck out of him. But oh uh, yeah, Paulie, Man. I hated that fucking. I like the scene, but it makes me want that dude to die. So Paulie takes Rock home to the apartment here for Thanksgiving, and Rocky over and over is like, "You told her I'm coming, right? You told her I'm coming." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Blows him off. Paulie's still asking Rocky to, to talk to Gazzo about him and get him a job because he wants to get out of the, the meat freezer because his hands are acting up. Burt Young apparently wanted Paulie to have, like, arthritis. So before every scene, he put his hands in turpentine to make them, like, cramp a little Jesus. bit and, like, get all stuck, like, fucked up. So anyway, he uh, he goes into to the, the uh, apartment here, and <laughs> Adrian is making a turkey for Thanksgiving. Paulie takes it out of the oven and throws it into the alley like an asshole and says, go out with Rock, get out of the fucking apartment, yeah, go have a life or some shit. It's like, yeah. it's so mean and shitty. Like, it's such an asshole thing to do. Well, he's like, get out of the house. I'm tired of you being a loser. Like, you know, like he's he's putting so much onto, onto her. And when he says, you want the bird? Go in the alley and eat the bird. Like, when Talia Shire just goes, oh, Paulie. Like, yeah. she's heartbroken that he actually did that. And she yeah. runs into her room and slams the door. Like, the acting here is great. And, like, even though Paulie's being an asshole, like, Rocky's not interfering. Like, No, he's letting that family drama be family drama. It's family drama, and he's not he's not stepping in, and he's, like, just sitting back while this goes on. But you can basically see how these three people just kind of trapped in trauma yeah. um, just can't really interact with each other. Like, they can't, they can't communicate. Because no. Rocky's the one that's making the attempt. Paulie deals with everything by being a complete fucking obnoxious asshole. Yeah. And Adrian's just on the defense all the time. Yeah. So they, they can't actually... They can't actually communicate like real people do. No, every time Paulie says, I'm sick of you and the being around here, being a loser, he's talking about himself. Oh, yeah. Right? He's just putting all that shit on her because he's too fucking repressed 
to deal with it. So he just puts it all on her and crushes her soul. Yeah. Which he does very effectively. But he's now telling Rocky, like, oh, you know, go fucking make her laugh. Come on, you're good at that shit. Come on. And, like, Rocky's super uncomfortable. He's trying to talk to her and get her to come out. And eventually, she does come out. And they go out on their little date here. Which is really sweet, to be honest. It it is really sweet. And... Paulie is drinking a beer and he's got like a pint of rum in his pocket. Like he's got a beer in one hand and a pint and a chicken leg inside that he. So he's just like a fucking animal. Um, but he is. And he Rocky. Is, though, you're right. He totally is a fucking animal. Rocky knocks on the door and eventually she opens the door. And the way that Adrian dresses, she's very layered and very covered up, which is, again, an allegory for her personality because she's just so guarded. And uh, he takes her out, and it's actually some really, really good acting. And as a kid, I was more like, okay, this is interesting, but I I, I really wanted to get into some more action. But as, as an adult, I think that this is just fucking great. It's really good. And a lot of these clothes that Talia Shire and Burt Young wore were their own clothes. Like, they were encouraged to bring their own clothes to set to dress their character because they didn't have the budget to bring in any wardrobe. <laughs> so a lot well, of those that's clothes impressive. are Talia Shire's clothes. You know? Apparently the most expensive cost in this whole movie was makeup for the fights and oh, shit. Like, that yeah, was the number one well, expense was the makeup. Which, you know, we really don't get any until the fight. But once the fight gets going, we get a lot. We and it's get done well. a lot. So Rocky's like, you know, asks Paulie, like, what does she like to do? Ah, she likes to go ice skating. So Rocky takes her to the rink. And this scene, first of all, this scene's tremendous. But this is one of those scenes that got fucked up and they just fixed it on the fly. And it worked out way better than anybody could have ever imagined. This scene was supposed to have 300 extras skating on the rink with them and when they showed up to shoot it fucking nobody showed up really one guy one dude showed up so then they were like well shit what do we do and stallone and Aval- uh the director avildsen reworked the scene wrote the little thing between stallone and the zamboni driver to be like hey man she's really sick she needs a thing you know she ice skating she likes it blah 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 the whole scene there working out the 10 bucks for 10 minutes or whatever thing and then him and her on the ice by themselves and having the little chat where Stallone's talking her ass off. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. That is really interesting because I fucking believed it because he's like, I want to go home. It's Thanksgiving. We're closed. And yeah. he's like, come on, 10 minutes. And he's like, 10 bucks, 10 minutes. And then, you know, it's like, I'll give you eight. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like that's like Stallone is in such a position where he's making on a good night $40 uh, for a fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, $20 for threatening to kill a fucking guy and break his thumb. Uh, so he's he's now like 10 bucks, 10 minutes. He's like, I'll give you eight. He's like, no, 10. He's like, nine? On, <laughs> anyway, he ends nine. up giving him 10 bucks. Like, they're, they're, they're literally negotiating over a dollar. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. It worked out better than anybody could have ever imagined. Because, again, this scene's one of the best. Stallone's talking to her. She's actually kind of opening up a little bit because she's in a bit of her comfort zone here where she's skating. She's looking at him like she's now she hasn't really made eye contact. So he's talking and there's points where she's turning her head and making eye contact with him, which is just 
so smart. Like she's such a good actor. Like you can, she's slowly starting to open up, and it's just all physical. Yeah, it's really. And she good can't skate. She, she, no, she can't <laughs> skate at all. <laughs> she's trying. Stallone's trying to. Stallone's running next to her. Yeah. And and catching her as she falls, and he does the little thing with his finger, like ah, oh, I dislocated my finger, and he bends it in that ridiculous way. Yeah. That's an actual football injury he had, and he just worked that into the script. He actually fucked his finger up pretty bad playing college ball, and uh, he just wrote that in of like, yeah, my finger bends in this weird way. Push the button, bink, and it fixes, <laughs> and he fixes it. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, you know, you can tell that he he actually enjoys boxing. Like, he keeps pictures of every fight he had, So he, and he's showing her, like, yeah, this is the fight I did this to this guy, and this guy punched me in the face really hard, and like, see that? That's a good picture. Like, he actually likes boxing, yeah. and she cannot wrap her head around why people would want to fight. And she keeps going back yeah. to that. Well, I mean, he has a line here, too, where he says, I'm not really graceful, but I can swat, right? Yeah. He's like, he's like, I can hit hard. He goes, he's, he's, he's like, not, like uh, not a graceful fighter at all. And the way that she is so shy, and she's, she's still not 100% trusting, She's not very talkative. Like, she's not talking at all. She's painfully shy because she doesn't want to get burned. And he just babbles, which yeah, it kind of works, man. He's just like, hey, over here, blah, blah, blah. It does work. Yeah, he's babbling on about, I'm a Southpaw. You know what Southpaw is? And what he says isn't actually true about the boxer facing Jersey. Like, it's a Southpaw's a baseball thing where most home plate from, from the pitching mound to home plate faces west. So if the home plate to the pitching mound is west, when you're standing on the pitcher's mound, if you're a southpaw, your left hand would face south. So it's a baseball mm. thing. But he makes it into a boxing thing. Who gives a fuck? doesn't matter. He points out that he's a southpaw, and that's a problem for boxers, which it does end up being for Creed, and which is something that Duke actually points out. Yeah, which is really cool. It's very cool because— He's like, yeah, nobody wants to fight me. I'm a southpaw. Nobody wants to— yeah, it, it messes. I you know I do everything the other way, and it mirrors and all that stuff. Frank Stallone comes out here and bumps into them again as they walk home. Get a job, you but, bum! Right? <laughs> yeah. He yells at the you're the bum from the dock. Get a job. Yeah. Uh, sorry, let me roll back for a second. When they're on the ice, he actually says, you know, my father when I was a kid said, "You got no brains. You better use learn to use your body." Yes. And then Adrian says, yeah, "My mother said the exact opposite." And Rocky's like, "What do we? What do you mean?" Like he's excited because she's actually spoken to him. Yeah, she's actually offering conversation. And she said, "You don't have much of a body, so you better learn how to use your brain." Yeah. And the two of them are the two of them just kind of believe what's said about them that they just believe that that's who they are and they just both kind of end up in this little trap so that was just something that i really enjoyed watching this he's you know he just says oh this person told me that you know i'm this so i have to do this and she's like yeah well my mom said that i'm this so i have to do this so it's uh yeah it's a nice it's a nice communication they have i love how the the way they wrote this they just drop those little things in there that line of Rocky saying, yeah, my guy, you know, told me I, I don't have much of a brain. I better use my body. And then Adrian reciprocating with, yeah, my mom said I didn't have much of a body. Like, that tells you how long people have been fucking with them. Yeah. And where it came from. Like, their parents were fucking with them when they were little. Yeah. Like, this is decades of emotional abuse, basically. Yeah. That eventually gets you to just believe, yeah, I, I, I'm not pretty. 
I, I don't have anything going on. So, you know, yeah, I'm a little bit smart, but not really. You know, and Rocky, yeah, I got to punch because I'm kind of dumb. He always says, oh, I'm dumb. You yeah. Know? When they leave Paulie's apartment, she stops for a moment and looks at herself in the mirror. And she just gives herself this kind of long stare. So, yeah. you know, they're they're the two of them together are overcoming these decades of people telling them what they were or who they were. So I thought it was awesome. And the confidence that they give each other starts to spill out into the outside world. Like Rocky tries to get her to come into the apartment here and she doesn't know him super well. So when she's standing outside and he's like, come on in, come on, come on. And he's holding the door. Like a part of you is like, go, he's a nice guy. But another part is like, don't go in there. You don't know this fucking guy. What are you doing? Like, don't go to his apartment. Like there's that war in the viewer too. Like there is an Adrian, like she wants to go, but she also doesn't trust him. She doesn't know the guy very well. Well, I, and I get more of the vibes that, like, she's like, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be in a man's, I've never been in a man's apartment alone. I need yes. to call my brother. Like, yeah. I think that she, the, the, the vibe that I got off of this whole thing was not Stallone being pushy. I mean, I, I get the vibe that she wants to be there, but she's concerned about what everybody else is going to think and what everybody else is going to say. And that concludes part two of the podcast. Come back tomorrow for part three. If you'd like to get the entire podcast on Sunday night, you can go to patreon.com slash you have offended this podcast. Patrons get the full show Sunday night without any ads. If you don't want to become a patron, you can go to offendedpodcast.com. Buy some merch there. That'll get you something cool to wear and rep the podcast you know you love. And we get a bit of money, too, to help us keep the lights on here. Please follow us on social media at Twitter. We're at YHOTP. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, just search You Have Offended This Podcast. You can interact with us there. Leave us your favorite movies, your favorite scenes, any questions you have, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. Please rate and review us wherever you download your podcasts. Ratings and reviews really help us, particularly on iTunes if you could. That would be awesome. Make sure to tell your friends, family, loved ones, and hated ones about this podcast. More listens mean more downloads means it's better for everybody. So thanks very much for helping. Come back tomorrow for part three, and we will be back in your ears very soon.